Well, good evening. It is always a pleasure to be uh, joined uh, by this guy. This guy, of course, being Bill Keenest, And a pleasure to be chatting with you here for Gridiron Wrap on 760 WJR. My name is Sean Belegian. And, uh, Bill, right before we went on yeah. the air, you made the noise that I think a lot of fans around the league yeah. just made, at least Lion fans, that, uh Yeah. Yeah, what a what an effort today by the team, and uh, you got to give Dan Campbell a lot of credit. I mean, it's not over yet, but it's a two score game now with under a minute to go. So uh, when they uh, assign percentages of uh, potential victory uh, at a at a position like this in the game, it's probably about ninety nine percent in the Rams' favor. But uh, you know, you can't you can't really estimate or project the human spirit and this game I believe for at least two guys Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff was probably one of the hardest games they've played in in their entire career I mean I could just feel it being as close to Matthew as I am and have been since he came into the league I mean it was just one of those games and uh, and again it's not over yet um, but the Rams with that field goal certainly seem to have a pretty insurmountable lead. Bill, I am not the type of guy that, that says, well, I'm going to root for this guy or that guy once they leave town. I'm, I'm all yeah. about my guys. I mean, period, end of story. Now, I don't want to sound callous when I say that. It's not like I'm right. rooting against them. I'll make an exception for Matthew Stafford. I'm, yeah. I'm rooting hard each and every week for Matthew Stafford. I really am. Yeah, I – I mean, there, there's no player that I've had a better relationship with in my career. Um, I've had great relationships with a lot of players like, uh, like Lomas Brown, who we're going to hopefully get in as a guest at the end of the show, depending on his post game duties on the radio. But, um, I mean, I, I love Matthew and his wife, Kelly and the family. And, um, yeah, I've, absolutely was rooting for him to do well today. And I'm not ashamed to say that. Um, but like I said, 41 bill, yeah. 20, I'm sorry, 28, yeah. 41, 334 yards and right. three scores. And and you know what, Sean, the only thing Matthew was worried about is winning the game. I yep. guarantee you that that's all he's ever cared about. And, um, and for a while there, it really, it really looked like the line. I mean, for them to come back and fight the way they did in the second half, um, I think was uh, very impressive, especially after last week's, you know, game against Cincinnati. Speak of the Bengals, holy moly, did they put it on the Ravens today? Um, but it's just the reality of this business of this game. It's so unique. It's so different. And you really don't know from week to week what's going to happen, Sean. I mean, I was at the, uh, as we talked about, I was at the, the Bengals-Jacksonville game in my uh, role with the NFL. And that game goes down to the very last play. Jacksonville played them so tough, right? And so the Bengals then the following week, they played the Lions and, and beat a team that hadn't won a game all year. So they're going in, or actually they had lost to Green Bay, I'm sorry. Went down to the last play and then um, went into overtime, actually. And then they're playing um, uh, at Baltimore today, at the Ravens, who have been on a roll, and they pound them. Yep. So you really don't know from week to week what's going to happen. And 
perhaps being a little optimistic, <laughs> I started doing some research um, a little while ago once the Lions got out to the lead. And there have been a, a, occasions where, you know, an undefeated team goes against a winless team, you know, deep into the season and crazy things happen. So it certainly isn't unprecedented what the Lions were trying to do. I mean, I remember uh, because it affected us. I remember Green Bay it was in the late 90s, maybe. Um, and they were either nine and one or eight and one or eight and two. And they're playing the Colts, and it, it would have been uh, 97, and the Colts hadn't won a game all year. I think they were 0-10 or 0-11, and they beat the Packers. Mm. So you just don't know. And, again, it all comes down to no one can really judge the human spirit. And, and Dan Campbell talks a lot about grit. Nobody can judge that or measure that when you got a group of men trying to accomplish the same thing, playing together, playing in unison, and believing that they can do it. You know, I want to go back to something that you mentioned briefly a few minutes ago about the way that Dan Campbell called this game. Bill, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why settle for yeah. three? Why punt the ball yeah. away? There was a whole lot of why not in this right. game. Right. Because of those circumstances that you just spoke of. And you know what, Sean? When when a team does that, and when a team's successful, even one time, let alone two, let alone three times on special teams, then it has an impact on the opposition the rest of the game because they are not playing as fast as they normally would. They are worried. I mean, it was like, you know, years ago I would always say regarding Barry Sanders – and how defenses had to play him. Barry could not touch the ball in a game and be the most impactful player on the field because at the snap, the entire front seven is peeking at Barry. Yep. Does he have the ball? Where's he going? What's he doing? And so that changes the whole dynamic of how a team's going to play. And I believe this. I believe that, you know, the, the special teams for the – uh for the Rams, after even after the first, certainly after the first couple, on any special teams play, they were taking a peek and they were hesitating just a little, and it, and it was it was brilliant to to do that. And um, and you know what, you know the reality of that, Sean. And I've always felt this about key penalties, like a third down penalty, or in or in the case of what happened today, Sean, those are essentially turnovers. Yep. Because a turnover occurs, okay, when one team has the ball and the other team gets it. Okay, well, effectively, the Rams were supposed to have the ball on each of those plays, and the Lions kept it. So the Lions, in that regard, were a plus three, you know. And uh, unfortunately, you know, at least one turnover late, the uh, the interception in the end zone, um, you know, short sh- narrowed that margin. But um, but yeah, that that was a great way to start the game because it. It gives the team juice. Um, they get excited, and we talked about it before. When when the Lions players practiced all that this past week, that gives them excitement. I mean, they they can't wait to try those things in the game. Can't wait, and uh, and they were successful. Uh, elsewhere, Vegas ends up pulling away from uh, the Eagles. Knock off the Eagles, thirty three yeah. to twenty two. Eagles are the next opponent for the Lions, a Halloween game at Ford Field. A couple of blowouts elsewhere. Uh, I mean, to the surprise of nobody, the Cardinals yeah. pulled away from the Texans. They now have a 31-5 right. to lead 
uh, with about four yeah. minutes to go there. And I, that Tom Brady, I, I, I'm <laughs> running out of things to say, Bill. Yeah. 38 to three in another monster game yeah. for Tom Brady. Yeah, it's. I, I think you're right. I'm, I'm hesitating. I don't even know how to respond to what you just said about him. <laughs> he, he's he, he's defying everything. I mean, Satchel Page was a little behind our time, but but maybe that might be the closest thing in the in the history of sports um, to be co- comparable to what Tom's doing. And uh, it's just it's remarkable. It is it is remarkable what what he. Uh, what he has done and what he's doing now and people that, that know him. I mean, even Larry foot last week said he's playing better now than he has in previous years. How do you do that? It's absolutely. And you know what, as football fans, all the U of M fans out there, we are blessed to be able to, you know, witness this and, and to have someone in our generation um, do, do what he does on a weekly basis. It is a final, by the way, from Inglewood. Uh, the yeah. Rams knock off the Lions 28-19. to Jared Goff throws an interception. Stafford takes the knee. Uh, the Rams come away with a victory. Um, and, and listen, no such thing as a moral victory, but I'll no. tell you what. Um, again, Bill, the one thing I take away, this team plays hard for Coach Campbell. Yeah, they, they, they yeah and I, I agree. And, and there were a couple times – when you looked at the at the TV shots of Sean McVay, and I think he was getting a little bewildered and nervous and anxious, I'm, I because the defense rallied and played pretty darn well um, going against Matthew and those great receivers. So, uh, yeah, I you know, and we we talked about the uh, you know the grit that this team has shown, and Dan will probably use that word today in his post game press conference, but it's legit. No doubt about that. He is Bill Keenis. My name is Sean Belegian. Uh, speaking of big games, uh, pretty big one coming up next week in East Lansing. Uh, Michigan yes, favored by three and a half. We'll get Bill's thoughts on that. And as we said, hopefully we'll be able to catch up with our old friend, Lomas Brown, Lomas, yeah. as well. You're listening to Gridiron Rap right here on a Sunday night. So glad you could join us on 760 WJR. Welcome back. So glad you can join us here on a Sunday night. It is the Grid Iron Wrap here on 760 WJR. Before we get into some college football talk, an exciting game, something we haven't seen around here in one regard since 2010. Bill, I know you wanted to get some thoughts on uh, the trickeration, if you will, sometimes used in some of these games. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, obviously compliments to Dan Campbell and the staff for, for putting those plays in that were successful. But the one thing about being aggressive, um, and Dan has certainly been aggressive most of the season, sometimes you can get a little intoxicated on that, especially when you're so successful. And I was a little worried about that, you know, watching the game. And then in the third quarter, um, it was probably about halfway through. I might be a little off on the timing, but um, the Lions were down by a point. An easy field goal range based on how well their field goal kicker's been doing this year, Siebert. And uh, on a fourth and one, they went for it and got stopped. So, you you know, it's easy to do that now. But I'm thinking, uh, take the points because the points would have given the Lions a lead. And then the Rams are going to play different offensively. And if you play it out, which we all do when we're not involved with the game like the coaches and players, but you play it out, 
if that if if the Lions had kicked a field goal there, the ser- the defining series at the end of the fourth quarter when Goff threw the interception, um, it's a different ball game. You don't need a touchdown. You, you kick a field goal, you're tied. Okay. They were down by six and they would have been down by three. Now, it, again, it's easy to do that. But the, uh, you know, the, the blessing and the curse to being aggressive is sometimes when you're successful, like I said, you get intoxicated on it and, uh, you don't always do what, what you would otherwise because rest assured, you know, that last drive went off through the interception in the end zone. Being down by three is a lot different than being down by six, and you're going to play it differently. I mean, that's just reality. So, but all that being said, uh, you know, a, a tremendous effort again by a team that uh, that really no one gave a chance to, other than the coaching staff and the players in that locker room. Absolutely, and and you know what, Bill? For what it's worth, uh, as you well know, I've I've been a host on many of those shows where all we do yeah. is sit back and second yeah. guess coaches, right, wrong, or yeah. indifferent. Yeah. I think nobody knows that better than Dan Campbell. You yeah, know, that, no that, question. That those questions are going to come, and yeah. I don't know one man's opinion, Bill. Uh, to me, this is a throw caution to the wind. What yeah. the heck? Let's just go <laughs> for it at this point yeah. in the season. Why not have Jack Fox throw a 17-yard pass? Sure, let's yeah. go, you know? Yeah, it worked. I mean, it was it was great coaching. It really was. I mean, you hear stories about high school coaches that will never punt in a game, that will onside kick every time they, they're kicking off, and uh, a lot of them are very successful. Yep. So I'm sure, you know, there's probably some analytic study out there that, that shows how much your chances improve if you take that approach. But uh, today's game might, might've set a record. I mean, you think about it, how many times in the first half, in the first half of an NFL game, do you have a team with three special teams trick plays? Mm. I don't ever recall that happening. So great point, you know, think about that. Um, You know, I don't know if there's research for that. Chances are there is, but that, that may be the first time you've ever that we've ever seen that. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, the Lions fall just short, twenty-eight to nineteen. They fall to zero and seven on the year. Uh, Jared Goff, twenty-two of thirty-six, two hundred and sixty-one yards, a touchdown, uh, two interceptions. Uh, it bears repeating: Matthew Stafford, twenty-eight of forty-one, three hundred and thirty-four yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions he is having a monster year uh, cooper yeah. cup was his uh receiver du jour 10 receptions yeah. 156 yards and two touchdowns right there was a debate between nate burleson and michael urban on one of the on the pregame show on nfl network about who is the best receiver in football and um and michael urban or uh no, it was it was Nate. It was Nate that said it's um, it's Cooper Cup, mm. and he was strong, strong in his uh, you know reasoning and rationale. And boy, you watch him today, that was special. And uh, and Matthew, uh, what was he threw his three hundred touchdown pass today? Yep, which I think is twelfth all time. And the other thing that uh, the, that you and I would would obviously know that's this is the first time in Matthew's career he's been six and one. So he's, he's, you know, trending in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> he's going where he and the Rams want to go. They're, they're headed up the mountain for sure. Yeah, no doubt about that. Boy, I'll tell you what, just, just hearing you say that, Bill, I, I can't help but 
you know, think of that great start in 2011 yeah. uh, when, they, right. when they jumped out of the gate. And uh, it, it was, as, as you well know, I mean, 5-0. Yeah. and oh, And that was a pretty yeah. memorable uh, Monday night game huh. in particular. That that yeah. I'll never forget how darn yeah. loud it was. Right. Uh, that Monday night, uh, almost yeah. 10 years ago, it was uh, two weeks ago, it was 10 years ago. Where That's right. They knocked yeah. off the Bears twenty four to thirteen to improve to five and zero, oh, and then unfortunately yeah. lost their next two. But um, yeah. boy, was it loud that night at Ford Field! My goodness well, gracious! I mean, it it still is the attendance record, Lions attendance record at Ford Field. And um, one thing I'll tell you about that game, and I uh, I remember it because you were talking about your son, yeah, you know, last week, and I remember when the schedule came out that year. And that Monday night game was one of our first Monday night games in like 10 years. Mm -hmm. And my oldest son, Billy, uh, when I told him what the schedule was, he got emotional. He got emotional because such a fan. And for the first time in like 10 years, we got a Monday night game. And then to to have the team play that well that night. And, and, and the other, you know, thing that people may or may not remember job at best had like a 75 yard touchdown run. The roof came off the building, but he got hurt the next week against San Francisco and never played again. And the week after that Bear game, uh, our department, our PR department, um, Matt Barnhart did some research. And I asked him to project our offensive numbers over a season after five games because, you know, for years prior to and unfortunately – that season and beyond, we had no running game. We had no threat of a running game. Everybody knows that. That was the one thing that will always be attached to Matthew when he was the Lions quarterback. But through that game, we had a running game with Jobbit. Yeah. Yeah. And not just a legitimate running game, but the threat of one. And um, and so Matt worked it out, and the numbers were historical, not just for the team, for the NFL. If we had continued along that path, you know, with Calvin and Matthew and Job and, and the talent we had on offense and the offensive line um, blocking and, and a really, really good defense. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> woulda, shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know, what might have been. He looked like he was shot out of a cannon, and I'll yeah. echo your sentiments. I was yeah. there as a fan that night, Bill. That right. was one of those right. games that yeah. I said, I, you know what, I want to take this in. And it was yeah. against the Bears. I've already – you know, confess that that was the team that, that always yeah. uh, I really right. wanted the Lions to, to beat. And uh, he looked like he was shot out of a rocket. And you're absolutely yeah. right. That noise was unbelievable. Uh, and it carried over, as you recall, to Jay Cutler. Right. Uh, it just being lost. There's no asking the referees. Yeah, you got to well, do something about this noise. Yeah. And and we we uh, we actually gave a game ball to the fans. Jim Schwartz, Coach Schwartz, the following week. Because there were nine, either nine or 11, I should know this. I'm pretty sure it was nine, nine false starts in that game. I mean, that's unheard of. No, I mean, you hear about Kansas City and Seattle and other stadiums where the noise is such a factor. But nine false starts in that game. And then in in the weeks following that, we put together a little definition of the word false start. And it was indigenous to Detroit, Michigan, specifically the Ford Field area, blah, blah, blah. So we'd put it up on the scoreboard any time there was a 
you know, third down or whatever. And, uh, we wanted to get the fans, uh, riled up. But yeah, that game for so many people still brings back great memories and chills because that was a special, special, special evening. All right, I'm going to bore you with one more from 2011, okay? okay. I, was, I was doing the Fox 2 uh, pregame show at the time. I did that for many years. Yeah. And we, at, at that particular juncture, we were doing the pregame show at Shelly's, and it's Christmas Eve. Right. And, you know, oh, we're boy. there hours before the game. And yeah. you, might, you might remember this. Dom Raiola is down there walking <laughs> around Ford Field by himself. And we're going, yeah. Dom, what are you doing? And, and like, yeah. Bill, I, I'll never forget this. I mean, literally tears in his eyes going, yeah. I've been here for so mm-hmm. many bad times. Yeah. I'm taking yeah. in everything about this day. I'm taking this day in because we're yeah. going to go out there. And we're going to cream the Chargers tonight, and we are going to earn our way into the playoffs. I'll never forget that. It was so stinking cool. And then, of course, they went out and did just that, pounded yeah. the Chargers to get into the playoffs. But I'll, I'll never forget that. It wow. was like Dom wore – uh, being a lion on his yeah. sleeve, man. I didn't know that story, Sean, until you told me, but I'll, I'll add to that. I'll add to that story. And uh, I mean, we had had the big, big win against um, uh, the Raiders the week before uh, where Matthew hit Calvin with a touchdown, you know, in the back of the end zone with less than a minute to play. Mm-hmm. And then Indomitian Sue blocked a field goal by Janikowski who could kick him from 70 yards. Yeah. Um, so that was an incredibly emotional win. But I remember vividly, vividly at the end of that game against San Diego on Christmas Eve when we clinched the playoffs. And there was probably a minute or so to go. And I went to Dom on the bench and I said, Dominic, you are going to be the first person to the podium to speak to the media after this game. No one deserves to do that more than you. Awesome. And uh, I'm getting chills just thinking of it because <laughs> we all know Dom mm-hmm. and uh, he was a handful, you know, for the, for the opposition and at times for the PR department, <laughs> but uh, um, it was so deserving and he was emotional because it meant so much to him. He cared so much. I said, we're taking you right in before Matthew, before the head coach, you're the first one because no one deserves to have their words about this accomplishment heard first more than you do. So stinking cool. Uh, just great stuff. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He's Bill Keenis. I'm Sean Belegian. As I mentioned, we hope to be joined by our old friend, uh, Lomas Brown, just to give you some finals. Uh, the Cardinals did finish off the Texans 31 to five uh, Buccaneers finish off the bears 38 to three. Of course, uh, tonight, the Colts and Niners, And uh, tomorrow night, Monday night, football, the Saints and Seahawks from Seattle. More of Gridiron Rap next, right here on 760 WJR. Well, by the way, uh, we're going to be talking some high school football in just a few minutes, but congratulations to all the teams that punched their tickets uh, into the MHSAA playoffs. It's such an exciting time Mm -hmm. of year. Uh, Bill, I love this time of year, the last couple weeks of the regular season and you know there were so many games and I can, I can tell you just on a personal note um yeah. my alma mater all they had to do was beat the city uh in which we live now and where my kids well my son Jack went to school my daughter Lauren is yeah. a junior all they had to do was beat Northville who they had already beaten yeah. and who is really struggling this year and you know what yep. Northville knocked them off I, I hey, saw listen, that 
Don't tell these kids that there's nothing no. to play for. I, I, I no. think that's the beauty of playing uh, high school yeah. football. Yeah. You know what, Sean? I, I, I talked about it in an earlier show about some experiences I had when I was in high school, just the emotion of it. And, um, you know, living in Oxford all these years, you know, a football community, a Friday Night Lights community, and there's certain things you never forget. And one thing I, I will never forget, and it was before my son Billy uh, was the varsity quarterback, but the varsity quarterback the year before was Kyle Riley, who was Coach Bud Riley's son. And they won their final game, but they didn't make the playoffs. They, they won to finish five and four. And Bud's a tough old school coach and his son was as tough a football player as I've ever seen. Um, he was either all state or all conference wrestler, just a tough, tough kid and a great high school football player. He went to Michigan state and played for a couple of years before going to Saginaw Valley. And what happened that night played out over so many high school football fields this past Friday night. But after the game, and I'm getting chills, and it's emotional thinking about it because I saw Kyle walking off the field, and when he found his dad, you know, they embraced, and Kyle just cried like a baby. Yeah. And it was so emotional. And to me, that embrace said it all, you know. I mean, and it lasted, it seemed, forever. And I had – and over the years, you see that so many times. And I remember um, my oldest son, Billy's, uh, last high school game. It was an away game. Uh, they won the game, but didn't make the playoffs. They finished with the winning record, didn't make the playoffs. And and it was an away game. And I just had an inkling. I better go back to the high school and wait for him because God knows how long he's going to be. So I get back there, beat the buses back. You know, all the kids come off. By that time, uh, the game was in Fenton. So all the kids had their uniforms off, their pads off. He's the last one to walk off the bus, still in full uniform, still with his helmet on. Because you just don't want to take that uniform off for the last time. And I probably waited an hour, Sean. And I just watched all the kids coming out and all the coaches coming out. And finally, I'm like, what's going on? So I walk in the locker room and sitting at their lockers, facing their locker, is Billy and one of his closest friends, his tight end, Brad Grunewald, still in full uniform with their arms around each other. Tears rolling down their face. And I'm like, man, this is what it's all about. And our uh, my other son, Chris, they made it to the playoffs. They got into a playoff. They won the championship his senior year. But the same thing played out after they lost the playoff game. The kids wouldn't go into the locker room. I remember him sitting on a bench, you know, full uniform, tears rolling down his cheeks. And it's just the beauty of it. And then um, Friday night, I got to see it all over again. Uh, Troy Athens lost a, a game that was close until the fourth quarter, have a winning record, but they don't make the playoffs. And, you know, my son talks to the team after the game and the seniors, Sean, the seniors, their last game. And just to see, and he called his four captains, you know, to be close to him, you know, and he gets down with them. And, and the, the four captains, Trey Vincent, Brett Jansen, John Jansen's nephew, by the way, mm -hmm. um, Ben Nast and Evan Bieber. Just great kids. And then after the game, it's an away game, but they don't want to leave. Yeah. And, and just the, the images of them holding each other, hugging each other, tears rolling. It's it's just amazing. And that's why we love, we absolutely love high school football. And it'll play out again this Friday night. You know, all the teams that win are going to move on. All the teams that don't, 
especially the seniors. It's their last high school game, and it is, it's just indescribable, the emotion that goes along with that. Yeah, and, and, and you know what, Bill, to echo what you said, even for those teams that didn't make the playoff, if you're able yeah. to end your season on a W, that's how you go out. I mean, that's, <laughs> no question. A, that's you know a great what? point. That's yeah. what you're going to remember. You know, yeah, just, you just, are, you're right. You know, you're absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Amazing how many of those, I always think of the song um, Glory Days by Bruce Springsteen because (laughs) it really, it is amazing how much that stuff sticks with you 30, 35 years later. Oh, no question. No question. And it's the beauty of it. We love, we love sports and what these kids go through at that age with, you know, uh, the life perspective that they have up to that point. Football is the greatest, the greatest game. I re- high school football in particular. We all love the NFL. We love college, and what a place to be, you know. Than the, you know, other than this, the, the state of Michigan for what we got coming up. Talk about loving football and loving college football. But there is something unique and special about high school because for ninety nine percent of those kids, your last high school game is your last game. Yep. Um, for the fur- fortunate few that get to go on to college, and the minuscule amount that get to go beyond that um you know god bless them but uh yeah we're we're in the middle of it uh not only on the high school you know fields across the state but boy up in east lansing less than a week from now the entire college world is going to be watching the state of michigan with its two undefeated college football teams loving every second of it as well i'll tell you what to to eric dorch back at the studio why don't we take a break a little bit early so we can try to connect with our our guest lomas brown who of course is out in la lomas knows a little something about high school football oh he sure does i'm not sure how many people are aware of that (laughs) bill but we're going to make you all aware of it when we come back he's bill keenest i'm sean belegian you're listening to gridiron rap on 760 wjr well, we are hoping to hear from our good buddy, uh, Lomas Brown. Uh, obviously, he's very busy on a game day. Make no mistake about that. So, Bill, if we can't connect with him uh, this week, uh, we'll do our best to connect with him right. next week with a one o'clock kick. And I, that will probably, probably being the key and operative word, uh, be easier for him. Yeah, no question. The uh, The hope was when we talked about him coming on the on the show, uh, Lomas is, uh, is coaching at Bloomfield Hills high school. Uh, he's one of the assistant coaches and they had a big game Friday night and, uh, defeated Troy to win the, uh, championship, the division championship, the same division that Troy Athens is in. And, uh, they're undefeated. Uh, they've had a tremendous season and, uh, just to celebrate, uh, the victory for Bloomfield Hills a little. And they, uh, I don't know yet who they play in the playoffs, but uh, they are going to be a hard out, believe me, because, uh, you know, watching that team. And that team, I remember uh, not too many years ago, Sean, um, and they were in a different conference at the time, but they didn't win a game. It wasn't that long ago. And, uh, you know, the the staff stuck with it. They uh, built the program, and now they're undefeated. It's a great and, story. Uh, well, great yeah. story. Yeah, I mean, and and uh, and Lomas, you know, we all love Lomas. Um, I'll tell you one story about him, and I'm going to tell it next week as well if we don't get him on. But you know, one of the all-time great Lions. Um, he's on the short, you know, the Hall of Fame list for this year. Um, you know, he'll be in the Lions, Pride of the Lions. 
Uh, I was hoping that he would get in this year, um, but sooner than later, uh, he deserves that more than anyone. Um, but he played all those years with us, 18, 18 years in the NFL, 18 years. That's incredible. And, uh, and I remember when uh, Rod Marinelli, his first year as head coach for the Lions, and of course, Rod had been in Tampa and then won a Super Bowl in Tampa with Tony Dungy, um, uh, or with John Gruden, I'm sorry, with John Gruden. And, um, and I remember, yeah, I think Lomas was going to come out to practice or whatever. And I, uh, you know, wanted Rod to be aware of that. And Rod, when I mentioned Lomas's name, he just lit up and he said, Billy, let me tell you something. And, and Rod, Rod Marinelli was as fine a man as, as there was and is, you know, you dealt with him, Sean, but from a football standpoint, a coaching standpoint, he was just the best. But Rod told me, he said, we do not win that Super Bowl if it wasn't for Lomas Brown. Hmm. And I, and I, I hesitated when he said that because my recollection was, wait a minute, Lomas didn't, I don't think he even played in the Super Bowl. Okay. It was, it was his last year. And, and I said, really, Rod? And then before I could ask, you know, what he meant by that, considering that Lomas didn't play, he was deactivated on. He said, when we signed him, he showed us how to be champions. He showed us how to practice what he did for our D line on the scout team, what he did for our players to set that example of hard work and professionalism and just effort. He goes, he helped us. He, he was like a coach in addition to being a player, but Rod was insistent and said, he said, if Lomas Brown wasn't on our team, we're not going to win the Super Bowl. And I remember um, when he was with the Giants and they played in the Super Bowl. So Lomas went to two Super Bowls, mm-hmm. won one, but went to two. And that was after the 2000 season. And I was working the Super Bowl for the league. And it was it was like seeing my brother in the game. And I remember waiting. I sort of <laughs> was a little negligent of my duties, but I had to see Lomas before the game. So I waited in the tunnel um, where the team came off the field just to see him um, before the game. And, he, you know, we saw each other and had a big, big hug. And uh, just love the guy, just love the guy. And he's, you know, doing extremely well uh, in his broadcasting career. Um, you know, the the analyst uh, for, for Lions Broadcasting and Dan Miller. So, um, yeah, like you said, if we, we can't get him this week, he's definitely, you know, working right now. We, we were hoping that uh, that maybe the game would go a little quicker uh, than it did and wouldn't be able to get him on. But we'll definitely get him on next week. It's one of those things uh, that it happens. Uh, I, I might add, by the way, Lomas, when you see Lomas and you hear yeah. Lomas, that's Lomas. Yeah. That's his personality. He is just, you know, we know what he did on the field, Bill. Yeah. But off the field, he is just yeah. a gentle giant. He is yeah. just a – I can't say enough good things about Lomas Brown, the human being. I'm serious. It was a no. pleasure – to work with him for, for med to not only cover him, but to work with him on the broadcast for many years. Right. Yeah. And, you know, going back to that era, there were some great players, uh, on the, on the, um, you know, obviously Barry, a hall of famer, but looking back at, at, at that team, um, the most important players in my opinion, 
and they were great players as well, were Kevin Glover and Lomas Brown because those guys had such respect from their peers. Um, and, uh, and Lomas and I have talked about that. And when, when you have a locker room full of players that are like that, that they are so tight, they don't want to let each other down and they, they keep each other accountable. Um, and I know that's what, what Dan Campbell's trying to instill. Cause he was one of those guys, you know, he came up the Parcells tree, you know, and, and that's how Bill Parcells coached, especially those giants teams when you had guys holding each other accountable and, uh, and we had great players in that era, but in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, the most important players we had on that team were guys like Lomas and Kevin Glover. I mean, they, they just set the tone. You know, it's funny. I've always had a running joke with Lomas Brown. Uh, Bill, you remember the oft-heard phrase, if Barry only had the <laughs> line that Emmett Smith had. Yeah. And and while, while it's true, I mean, that was an outstanding line in Dallas. Yeah. I always said to Lomas, Lomas, it's not exactly like your line was chopped liver. Now, no. obviously, we lost two greats in right. in, in Andelsack and and, and Mike uh, Utley. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. with of course uh, Andelsack passing right. away, but yeah, pretty darn good line here in yeah. Detroit when you have yeah. a couple of guys like Glover and Lomas on it. No question, and I remember Sean all too vividly, and it's not a good memory, but I had I had heard through the whatever a grapevine i guess that we weren't going to bring lomas back after his last year with us and i'm like what yeah. and i went to someone in management <laughs> and i just said please tell me this isn't true and oh he's done he won't he's done you know he doesn't have anything left and i'm like oh my gosh seven years later he made the pro bowl with arizona after he left us Two Super Bowls. I think he had a little bit left. <laughs> yeah. That's so, safe to uh, say. yeah, it's it's hard when when teams go through those transitions because, like I said, um, you're, it's not just about the player. You just don't quantify what he does on the field, you know, which is more easy to do. But you have to understand the impact those players have in the locker room. Because it's not just about one player when you're making a move like that, when you don't bring a Lomas Brown back, when you don't bring a Kevin Glover back. It's about the impact that has on every other every other player in that locker room. Yep. And it, okay. it is the sum of the whole, not the sum of the parts. We've talked about that before. And uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, Lomas wasn't able to, to finish his career with us. Well, our buddy Lomas, I'm with you. I think he'll be in the pride of the Lions one yeah. day. Uh, congratulations to Chris Spielman. Bill, I'm sure you saw the uh, the the social media uh, announcement of him getting in. That yeah, was that was something pretty yeah. cool. That was yeah. pre- and to see yeah. Chris get uh, choked up the way he yeah. did and say that he thought of his his late wife. Uh, pretty yeah. stinking cool, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. That was special. Yeah, no doubt. So we'll be looking forward to that next week. Looking forward to hopefully. The Lions getting their first win of the year. And yes. I'll, I'll tell you what, knowing yeah. Lomas, Bill, uh, there's no doubt yeah. in my mind he'll be on the show with us next week. No yeah, doubt no in my mind. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to. There was no doubt about that. It wasn't for the effort. It was just the uh, reality of his day job. You got it. Bill, yep. always a pleasure chatting with you. It flies by. I say it every it week. Sure does. But it's the, true, the truth. And we look forward to seeing you next week, my friend. Absolutely, Sean. 
Uh, Eric Dorch, thank you. Jason Fistler, thank you. Most importantly, thank you for joining us. We're here every Sunday night uh, right here on 760 WJR, 7 o'clock for Grid Iron Wrap. Make sure you join us next week. In the meantime, have yourselves a fantastic night and a great week. Thanks for listening to 760 WJR. Good night, everybody.